Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks with our special bonus episode presentation of the Penny Dreadful Barney the Vampire or the Feast of Blood. Very little feasting, very little blood so far. We'll get there. We are now on Chapter 10, The Return from the Vault, The Alarm, and The Search Around the Hall. Oh, what! how exciting. We're going to be in a hall tonight. It so happened that George and Henry Bannerworth, along with Mr. Marchdale, had just reached the gate which conducted into the garden of the mansion when they were all alarmed by the report of a pistol. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you forget that Flora had, like, pop-popped a vampire in the last no, chapter? No, I... I forgot that the writer was prone to such long, passive voice sentences. Ah, yes. Every time it's an unpleasant shock. Amid the stillness of the night, it came upon them with so sudden a shock that they involuntarily paused, and there came from the lips of each an expression of alarm. Good heavens, cried George. Can that be Flora firing at any intruder? It must be, cried Henry. She has in her possession the only weapons in the house. Mr. Marchdale turned very pale and trembled slightly, but he did not speak. On, on, cried Henry, for God's sake, let us hasten on. As he spoke, he cleared the gate at a bound, and at a terrific pace he made towards the house, passing over beds and plantations and flowers heedlessly, so that he went the most direct way to it. How slow is that gate? Before, however, it was possible for any human speed to accomplish even half of the distance, the report of the other shot came upon his ears, and he even fancied he heard the bullet whistle past his head in tolerably close proximity. <laughs> Flora almost shot her brother in the fucking head. Maybe giving your little sister two loaded guns was not like the greatest plan. <laughs> this supposition gave him a clue to the direction at all events from whence the shots proceeded. Otherwise, he knew not from which window they were fired because it had not occurred to him, previous to leaving home, to inquire in which room Flora and his mother were likely to be seated waiting his return. <laughs> that is absolutely the author starting a sentence realizing it didn't make sense with the logic of the story as established, and rather than deleting the sentence, rewriting the second half of the sentence to justify the first. Yeah. <laughs> you might think that Henry might know what room his sister was sleeping in in his own house. You'd be wrong, reader, and here's why. Here's how you're wrong. <laughs> he was right as regarded the bullet. It was that winged messenger of death which had passed his head in such very dangerous proximity, and consequently he made with tolerable accuracy towards the open window from whence the shots had been fired. The night was not near so dark as it had been, although even yet it was very far from being a light one. Oh good, thank god. <laughs> I had to know that. And he was soon enabled to see that there was a room, the window of which was wide open and the lights burning on the table within. He made towards it in a moment and entered it. To his astonishment, the first objects he beheld were Flora and a stranger, who was now supporting her in his arms. To grapple him by the throat was the work of a moment. But the stranger cried aloud in a voice which sounded familiar to Harry. <laughs> Good God, are you all mad? When I see anyone, it's on sight, says Henry. In his defense, he's had a very trying past two days. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Who the fuck is Harry? Harry is a common English nickname for Henry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is the first time they're using that nickname for him, so you like I'm going to forgive myself for that. Yeah. Second of all, I like the, he just saw a guy, any guy, and then just was like, "I am going to strangle the fuck out of it. I have been waiting my whole life." For all he knows, it is the vampire. I also appreciate that he's willing to, to lay hands on a vampire. <laughs> like... Henry relaxed his hold and looked in his face. "Gracious heavens, it is Mr. Holland," he said. 
Yes, did you not know me? Henry was bewildered. Tom Holland? No. Flora Suter from so many chapters ago. The backstory as to why they have to stay in this house instead of just like leaving and going to a smaller, cheaper house. Wait, the story vindicated by making them right? Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, is Mr. Holland the vampire? I don't think so. No, she shot the vampire. He'd be full of lead. Yeah, also his name isn't Varney. Well, I mean, the thing about names is that you can lie about them. What? Come on, Ken, you're one of the- you're of the Fae. I can neither confirm or deny that accusation at this time. That witch at the witch festival said that you were, so- No, no, no. He said my fortunes were tied to the Fae because I was favored by them. Yeah, well, you know, at any point being favored means you can turn into one of them. If only. Henry was bewildered. He staggered to a seat, and in doing so, he saw his mother stretched apparently lifeless upon the floor. (laughs) Mr. Holland, you're back, and you've killed my mother! (laughs) To raise her was the work of a moment, and then Marchdale and George, who had followed him as fast as they could, appeared at the open window. Such a strange scene as that small room now exhibited had never been equaled in Batterworth Hall. There was young Mr. Holland, of whom mention has already been made as the affianced lover of Flora, supporting her fainting form. There was Henry doing equal service to his mother, and on the floor lay the two pistols, and one of the candles which had been upset in the confusion, while the terrified attitudes of George and Mr. Marchdale at the window completed the strange-looking picture. Wait, wait, I gotta point out, we predicted that Chillingworth would have just fucked off randomly, and it does appear that we were correct about that. That was absolutely correct, Chillingworth (laughs) has just fucked off. Without any mention in the text. (laughs) Without any mention of where he's gone or when and why. Like, anyway... Chillingworth tipped his fedora and vamoosed. (laughs) What is this? Oh, what has happened? cried George. I know not, I know not, said Henry. Someone summoned the servants. I am nearly mad. So, like, here's the thing. They have servants. They've maintained servants this entire time, despite having zero dollars. And so I wonder, would it not be better to have, like, two servants give each one a pistol and have them stand guard at door and window of whichever room Flora is sleeping in. Absolutely not. It's gotta be, it's gotta be Flora going all akimbo and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Marchdale at once rung the bell, for George looked so faint and ill as to be incapable of doing so. And he rung it so loudly and so effectually that the two servants who had been employed suddenly upon the others leaving came up with much speed to know what was the matter. Again, cannot emphasize this enough that they have servants. That they could have been asking to do shit for them this entire time. Alright, so there's no earthly way that the servants did not hear something going on. So my assumption is that given that their money, the Bannerworth's financial situation, that the servants regularly just don't do anything unless they're actively being observed. Yeah, like the servants have (laughs) heard like two pistol shots in the middle of the night and just be like, "Uh, same old, same old. Not my department. You picture them rolling their eyes. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, <laughs> I'll remember them when they remember me. How about that? <laughs> oh, no. See to your mistress, said Henry. She is dead or has fainted. For God's sake, let who can give me some account of what has caused all this confusion here. My mom's either dead or unconscious. You want to lend a hand, bro? All right, stage one, figure that out. Are you aware, Henry, said Marshdale, that a stranger is present in the room? He pointed to Mr. Holland as he spoke, who, before Henry could reply, said, Sir, I may be a stranger to you as you are to me, and yet no stranger to those whose home this is. No, no, said Henry, you are no stranger to us, Mr. Holland, but are thrice welcome. 
None can be more welcome. Mr. Marchdale, this is Mr. Holland, of whom you have heard me speak. I am proud to know you, sir, said Marchdale. Sir, I thank you, replied Holland coldly. What the fuck is Holland's problem? It will so happen, but at first sight, it appeared as if those two persons had some sort of antagonistic feeling toward each other, which threatened to prevent effectually their ever becoming intimate friends. But why? Mr. Marchdale was just like, I don't know that guy. And he's like, fuck you, you don't know me. <laughs> My like... theory is that the author is setting them up as romantic rivals for Flora. That's gross, though, because Mr. Marchdale is like dad age. and Yeah, yeah, it is. But that's how Victorians roll. They're disgusting. Charles Holland is a person Flora already likes. So, like, why would you do that? Drama. I don't like it. The appeal of Henry to the servants to know if they could tell him what had occurred was answered in the negative. Can we just quietly contemplate that sentence for a moment? Yeah. The appeal of Henry to the servants to know if they could tell him what had occurred was answered in the negative. It's like those grade school tests for passive voice when it's like over the top goofy so that you can recognize it easily. Yeah. (laughs) All they knew was that they had heard two shots fired and that since then they had remained where they were in a great fright until the bell was rung violently. (laughs) Oh, my theory proved correct. (laughs) This was no news at all and therefore the only chance was to wait patiently for the recovery of the mother or of Flora from one or the other of whom surely some information could at once be then procured. Wait, so, all right. So, how did Mr. Holland get in the house? Because apparently the servants didn't even let him in. That's a great question. <laughs> That's an amazing question that I don't know if the author has considered. So, they're not even sure. They haven't covered whether or not the, the servants were aware that Mr. Holland was here. Mrs. Bannerworth was removed to her own room, and so would Flora have been. But Mr. Holland, who was supporting her in his arms, said, I think the air from the open window is recovering her and is likely to do so. Oh, do not now take her from me after so long an absence. Flora, Flora, look up. Do you not know me? You have not yet given me one look of acknowledgement. Flora, dear Flora. Now, the reason the window is open is because a vampire just jumped out of it. So maybe don't have her near that window specifically. I mean, God, he's clingy. But I'm not a doctor, so... (laughs) Yeah, but Mr. Holland doesn't know that there's a vampire. Oh, he'll find out. The sound of his voice seemed to act as the most potent of charms in restoring her to consciousness. It broke through the death-like trance in which she lay, and, opening her beautiful eyes, she fixed them upon his face, saying, Yes, yes, it is Charles, it is Charles. She burst into a hysterical flood of tears and clung to him like some terrified child to its only friend in the whole wide world. Oh, my dear friends, cried Charles Harland, do not deceive me. Has Flora been ill? We have all been ill, said George. All ill? I and nearly mad, exclaimed Henry. No, sorry, exclaimed Harry, but I because ca- I guess we're just going to keep keep on with the inexplicable nickname theme of this chapter. And the nickname is coming from the author and not any of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> Which is extremely odd. Ten chapters in. Holland looked from one to the other in surprise, as well he might, nor was that surprise at all lessened when Flora made an effort to extricate herself from his embrace as she exclaimed, You must leave me, you must leave me, Charles, forever. Oh, never, (laughs) never look upon my face again. (laughs) What a dope night for Charles. I, I am bewildered, said Charles. Leave me now, continued Flora. Think me unworthy. Think what you will, Charles, but I cannot, I dare not now be yours. Is this a dream? Oh, would it were, Charles, if we had never met, you would be happier. I could not be more wretched. 
Flora, Flora, do you say these words of so great cruelty to try, my love? No, as heaven is my judge, I do not. Gracious heaven, then, what do they mean? Flora shuddered, and Henry, coming up to her, took her hand in his tenderly as he said, Has it been again? Man, Charles is having the dopest night of his fucking life. It has. You shot it? I fired full upon it, Henry, but it fled. It did. Fly? It did, Henry, but it will come again. It will be sure to come again. You, you hit it with the bullet, interposed Mr. Marchdale. Perhaps you killed it. <laughs> Mr. Marchdale, who notably, wait, no, he did hit it with the bullet. All right, yeah. Mr. Marchdale, who has already hit it with two bullets, which did nothing. Yeah. Yet assumes that Flora hitting it must have killed it. I think I must have hit it, unless I am mad. Charles Holland looked from one to the other with such a look of intense surprise that George remarked it and said at once to him, Mr. Holland, a full explanation is due to you and you shall have it. <laughs> you seem the only rational person here, said Charles. <laughs> Pray, what is it that everybody calls it? Hush, hush, said Henry. You shall hear soon, but not at present. Hear me, Charles, said Flora. From this moment mind, I do release you from every vow, from every promise made to me of constancy and love. And if you are wise, Charles, and will be advised, you will now this moment leave this house never to return to it. No, said Charles, no, by heaven I love you, Flora. I have come to say again all that in another clime I said with joy to you. When I forget you, let what trouble may oppress you. May God forget me, and may my own right hand forget to do me honest service. <laughs> wow. That's an oath. Oh, no more, no more, sobbed Flora. Yes, much more, if you will tell me of words which shall be stronger than others in which to paint my love, my faith, and my constancy. Be prudent, said Henry. Say no more. Shut up, Charles! <laughs> Nay, upon such a theme I could speak forever. You may cast me off, Flora, but until you tell me you love another, I am yours till the death, and then with a sanguine hope at my heart that we shall meet again, never, dearest, to part. <laughs> this is amazing. Flora sobbed bitterly. Oh, she said, this is the unkindest blow of all. This is worse than all. Unkind, echoed Holland. Heed her not, said Henry. She means not you. <laughs> a bitch. <laughs> oh, no, no, she cried. Farewell, Charles, dear Charles. Oh, say that word again, he exclaimed with animation. It is the first time such music has met my ears. It must be the last. No, no, oh, no. For your own sake, I shall be able now, Charles, to show you that I really loved you. Not by casting me from you. Yes, even so. That will be the way to show you that I love you. <laughs> she held up her hands wildly. <laughs> One must presume she is raising the roof. Um, yeah, uh, no, I'm picturing, like, wacky, waving, inflatable tube man. <laughs> Just full spirit fingers. She held up her hands wildly as she added in excited voice, The curse of destiny is upon me. <laughs> <laughs> I am singled out as one lost and accursed. Oh, horror, horror. Would that I were dead. <laughs> Charles staggered back a pace or two until he came to the table, at which he clutched for support. He turned very pale as he said in a faint voice, Is, is she mad or am I? <laughs> Tell him I am mad, Henry, cried Flora. Do not, oh, do not make his lonely thoughts terrible with more than that. Tell him I am mad. Come with me, whispered Henry to Holland. I pray you come with me at once and you shall know all. I, pointless M-dash, will. <laughs> what, a, what a cool day for Charles. George, stay with Flora for a time. Come, come, Mr. Holland, you ought and you shall know all. Then you can come to a judgment for yourself. This way, sir, you cannot, in the wildest freak of your imagination, guess that which <laughs> I have to tell you now. Mind 
Can you imagine if he had called it Imagination Freak instead? You, you cannot imagine Nation Freak. Never was mortal man so utterly bewildered by the events of the last hour of his existence as was now Charles Holland. And truly, he might well be so. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. He had arrived in England and made what speed he could to the house of a family whom he admired for their intelligence, their high culture, and in one member of which his whole thoughts of domestic happiness in this world were centered. And he found nothing but confusion, incoherence, mystery, and the wildest dismay. <laughs> That's actually being kind of polite about it. Well might he doubt if he were sleeping or waking. Well might he ask if he or they were mad. And now, as after a long, lingering look of affection upon the pale, suffering face of Flora, he followed Henry from the room. His thoughts were busy in fancying a thousand vague and wild imaginations with respect to the communication which was promised to be made to him. But, as Henry had truly said to him, not in the wildest freak of his imagination. <laughs> Mind freak. Could he conceive of anything near the terrible strangeness and horror of that which he had to tell him? And consequently, he found himself closeted with Henry Ooh. in a small private room, removed from the domestic part of the hall, to the full and as bewildered a state as he had been from the first. This was the best chapter. I, I thought, all right, no, Chillingsworth is still the best. This rules. This rules. Charles Holland shows up after years to find his fiance <laughs> to reunite with her he he comes in he like i i guess like wanders in through an unlocked door <laughs> ungreeted like here's blat blat runs through the room flora passes out the mom's also passed out three guys running through the window <laughs> to strangle him <laughs> flat out strangle him recognize him and then his his fiance wakes up and says get the fuck away <laughs> And then every time you try to talk to her, her brother goes, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> this is like some Saturday Night Live shit. I am here for it. I just want to commend you for your amazing prediction at the end of the last chapter as to who would be catching Flora. Because I genuinely thought this guy was <laughs> never going to show up again. I, I, I was, I, I'm really excited that he did. And I, and thank God, because they really delivered on his presence in the story. Oh man, this poor bastard. <laughs> but Flora, I love you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm the devil. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, well, thank you all for joining us for this... This twist? <laughs> marvelous chapter. <laughs> of Vardy the Vampire, the Feast of Blood. <laughs> Tune in next week for chapter 11, The Communications to the Lover, The Heart's Despair. <laughs> oh god, I don't want to know what The Heart's Despair is. I, I like I like Mr. Holland. Honest to God, he was a real champ about everything that just happened. Thank you all so much for supporting the podcast through Patreon. And au revoir. Goodbye.